theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. open up your mouth and just begin to give the Lord praise. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Would you lift up your voice? Jesus, we exalt you. We glorify your name. We honor you. We worship you. We praise you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Great is the Lord. Jesus is greater than any trouble in your life. Jesus is greater than the sickness in your body. Jesus is greater than the fear in your heart. Jesus, we lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up. Hallelujah. beautiful presence of the Lord is here on this Sunday afternoon. There's no better place you could be than right here in the presence of a perfect God. There's no better place to come with all your imperfection all your mistakes, all your baggage, all your struggles, then right here in the presence of a perfect God. It is a great, great honor to be back in Mississauga. And really, it does kind of feel like home. It's a great, great honor to be back with you today, to have my family here today traveling with me. That's not something they often get to do. And when we do make the the extra effort to bring them to certain places, you got to be selective about which ones you're going to do that with. But Extraordinary Church is at, at the top of the list, and I'm so grateful they're able to be here with me this time. I give high honor to Pastor Akil and his family. These are not only some of the greatest leaders that God is raising up in the church, uh, but they are some of the greatest Christians you will ever meet. And if you are new, that's all right. You, the Bible says give honor where honor is due, and to they that labor in the Word, double honor. But if you have not got to meet this pastor and his family and connect with them yet, I encourage you to take him up on the invitation for that meet and greet and allow them to pour into you personally. I tell you that you will be abundantly blessed by opening your heart to this family and the leadership of this church. If this is by chance your first time visiting here, uh, I apologize that you had to come on a Sunday that I'm here. Uh, you'll be much more blessed if you come back with Pastor Akil's preaching. But I'm so honored that all of you uh, would make effort to be in the house of the Lord today. It's so great to see this place full. And uh, I don't want to wade out into the political commentary, but by the grace of God, it seems like a lot of this might be soon phasing away and I thank God for that this is why 
because there's more people that God wants to reach than we can fit in here with six feet apart. And, and so I thank God. In fact, the Lord was speaking to me just a couple weeks ago. If you study the wells of Genesis chapter 26, the first two wells are Essek and Sitna. Their names mean contention and strife. But the third well, you study the name of the third well, it means space to be fruitful. And the Lord spoke to me that we're, come, we're entering into a shift where the season that has been defined by contention and strife will be no more. It doesn't mean those things will cease, but it's power to define the environment will cease. Because Jacob, he could have quit digging. He could have quit looking because the environment was not conducive to the promise. But he kept looking. He kept digging. And when he found that third well, God said, now... I'll give you space to be fruitful. And I prophesy to you today, there is a shift coming to those who walk by the Spirit that the environment of their labor will not be defined by contention and strife, by political division and ethnic division, but God will grant His people space to be fruitful. Come on, would you lift up your hands and receive the Word of the Lord? Lord, we declare it over this house. We declare it over this city. We declare it over this region. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your word is true and man is alive. We declare it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Well, that was just the appetizer because that really is not what I've come to preach today at all. What I love about Extraordinary Church is we can have fun in the presence of God. Very few places do I go where I feel like I have so much fun in the ministry of the Word as I do in this house. And I thank God that this, this body of faith is marked by the joy of the Lord. Amen. I want to direct your attention to the book of Genesis today. We're going to go to chapter number 1, verses 26 through 28. I'm going to go a little old school on you. and I'm going to read and preach out of the King James Version. I'm going to take you back. Genesis 1, beginning at verse number 26. The Bible reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now notice this. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female created he them. You know, it takes both male and female to fully express the image of God. That's why culture wars against the beauty of gender distinction and wars trying to make men become less masculine and women become less feminine. Because when you fully express that, when you live in godly masculinity, I'm not talking about being a pig, but when you live in godly masculinity and when you live in godly femininity, 
you beautifully portray the image of God to the world. In verse 28, the Bible said God blessed them. This would be like a marriage blessing. God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Now notice this again. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I want to preach to you today something the Lord has been dealing with me about for the past several weeks. I've referenced it in a few different places as of late, but this will be the first house that I will preach this thought in its entirety to. Let me tell you one of the things the Lord is beginning to do in my ministry. God is beginning to give me, now I've had this for years with Extraordinary Church, but now God is starting to expand it and giving me kingdom connection with men in ministries that he is raising up to have regional or national influence. I started a note in my phone several months ago when the Lord began to deal with us about transition of people that I have observed or churches I had observed in North America that I felt a connection with in the spirit. Pastors I had never met. But I, I know their spirit because I've touched it in the Holy Ghost. I've connected with what God is doing in their church or in their region through the Spirit. One of the things the Lord has granted in this season of transition in my personal life is kingdom connection with churches that God is raising up, not just in little corners. Now, one of these churches is somewhere in, in the United States. It's in a little town. In fact, I, I was shocked just a couple I met the man for the first time last month and I, I was so shocked when I looked up and realized that his city only has like 30,000 people I mean the church is several hundred in impacting the world but what God is doing is raising up bodies of people raising up communities of faith in strategic locations sometimes they're in great urban centers like this sometimes they're tucked away in the middle of nowhere God is raising them up and giving them a measure of dominion that is not equal to their age of spirituality or to the numerical number that is present in that body. God is granting them a special measure of dominion because the hour is late and the need is great. I tell you that to reassure to you what I think and trust you already know, but God has chosen Extraordinary Church for something special. Not only for Mississauga, but for the whole GTA, and not only for the GTA, but for Ontario, and really not just for Ontario, but for Canada. In fact, I believe the Lord is getting ready to expand your voice in this nation. God has already elevated your voice to a place of recognition but it came primarily through a, a younger demographic you have ministered on platforms to youth but now God is going to raise your influence not only with those who are beneath you but those who are ahead of you because what God is doing in and through this body will be a blessing to leaders and churches all around North America. 
It's important for you to understand this because when God raises up a man and a family for this influence, by virtue of your presence in this church, God is calling you too to be a participant of what He's doing through this region and in this world. And so I've come to preach to you today on the three dimensions of dominion to help you understand what it is God is calling you to do and how it will be made possible through the power of the Holy Ghost. Every single person under the sound of my voice will live and wrestle and grow through the three stages of dominion in order to be who God's called you to be and to do what God is calling you to do. One more time, I want you to lift up your hands and would you just tell the Lord, God, I want you to speak to me. Lord Jesus, we take authority right now over everything that is not of you. I bind every spirit that is not of God, every demonic influence, every human spirit that would be contrary to the Word of God and the demonstration of the Spirit. We bind its influence upon our minds and our hearts now, and we loose the Holy Ghost. We loose the gifts of the Spirit to speak, to work, perform your mighty wonders among us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let it be so. And everybody said in Jesus' name. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. Would you just shout unto God? Would you shout hallelujah? Amen. You can be seated. The three dimensions of dominion. If you paid close attention to our text this morning, you would notice that God inspired the writer to explain to us that he would have dominion over three unique dimensions. He said that you'll have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all of the earth. Again, in verse number 28, he reiterates this when he tells them that your mission is to be fruitful and to multiply, to replenish the earth and to subdue it. Now he explains to us how this happens. You're going to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. What he's telling him is I'm giving you dominion in three dimensions. Now on the surface it seems so simple, but I trust that you'll go on this little journey, revelation with me today. Because I promise you that God is wanting to give you personally and corporately an increased measure of dominion in your life. First, let us look to the first dimension of dominion. God says you'll have dominion over the fish of the sea. Fish, that slippery, slimy creature, that animal that's so hard to catch with your bare hands. It requires tools. It requires something else other than yourself. Fish, this creature that lives in the earth. And so we see the first dimension of dominion today is speaking to us of internal dominion, that which is inside of us. 
For that which is in the earth was simply a picture to speak to us of that which is inside of us all. The first dimension of dominion today is dominion over self. It's dominion over your own heart. You don't get to the second or third level of dominion until you first have dominion over yourself. I don't have time today. You know, if anybody knows that this guy preaches long, you know. But I don't have time today to give you all this in detail. But when God called Jonah to do a work in a city called Nineveh, Jonah had a heart issue. Jonah had some struggles in his life that kept him from stepping in to the dominion that God had called him to walk in. So what does God do? God says, Jonah, I've got to deal with your heart. Now God can deal with your heart any old way. He could have chose any means of dealing with the air of Jonah's heart. But what does God do? God says, I'm going to get you on a boat. I'm going to get you out on the sea where it's easy to get you in the depths. And I'm going to cause you to come off a boat and into the sea and to be swallowed by what? A great fish. And where's that fish going to take you? That fish is going to take you into the deep places of the earth. See, what was happening in the natural was simply a picture or a symbol to help us understand what God was really doing in the spirit. Jonah, I've got to take you to the depths. I've got to get inside of you. Because until we conquer what's inside, we can't conquer what's outside. Jonah, I've got to get you in the earth as a picture that I've actually got to get in you. Because until I get in you, nothing can change in that city. But what about Jesus? When Jesus calls those disciples who were skilled on the water... Their livelihood had come from the boat, casting net into the sea, drawing fish to the surface. This was where they're skilled. This is how they know how to live. And Jesus speaks to them in what is familiar and says, If you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. Likening the analogy of the fish in the deep to the nature of humanity, going all the way back to what God was trying to show us in the opening chapters of Genesis, is that I've come with the promise of dominion for your life. But the first dimension of dominion is dominion over self. That's why Proverbs 4 and 23, I think it is, tells us that you've got to take diligence for thy heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. The first dimension of dominion is dominion over your own heart. You see, God didn't give you His Spirit just as a one-way ticket to heaven. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost just so you could talk in tongues. That's part of it. But God gave you the Holy Ghost so you could have dominion over the things that can corrupt your life. The issues that flow out of your heart, corrupting your life. God said, I'm giving you the Holy Ghost so you can have dominion over that. 
I'm giving you the Holy Ghost so you can have dominion over your tongue. You can have dominion over your thoughts. You can have dominion over your internet browser. You can have dominion over your music. You can have dominion over your television. You can have dominion. All these areas that corrupt the purity of the human heart and wreak havoc on our relationships and destroy our spirituality. God says, I'm giving dominion to you inside first. And if you're not willing to open yourself up and let God into the deep, God has this way of getting you on the boat in the middle of the sea. And God has this way of using other people to put you in uncomfortable situations. Jonah didn't jump. Jonah was thrown over. See, because you can't crucify yourself. So God sends agents of crucifixion into your life. People to grind off the rough edges. People to work you over in ways you don't like. You know why? Because God is trying to give you dominion in the first dimension. God's trying to help you walk in a dominion, in a power, in an authority so you're not always falling when temptation shows up. You're not always tripping up when trouble walks into your life. You know why? Because God has given you dominion. See, that first level of dominion is internal dominion. It's dominion over your own heart. That's why everybody in this house needs the Holy Ghost. Everybody in this house needs the Holy Ghost. And that's the truth. I don't know if they do it here like they did in Halifax, but when you walk in and see everybody in Walmart in your pajamas, you just think, my Lord. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Because it's not just your one-way ticket to heaven. It's the power of the Spirit giving you dominion over self in order that you can advance to the second dimension of dominion. But you can't move to the second dimension until you've conquered the first dimension. That's why when Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians, he says, for the kingdom, it did not come in word only, but in power. He says, this wasn't just a story to me. This isn't just some old fable. But God has actually filled me with His Spirit. I've had a powerful, life-changing experience that has given me dominion over myself. That's why He says in Galatians 2, it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. He says, I've got dominion over self because myself has died and now I live through the power of the Spirit. See, the kingdom, Paul says, is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. It's a heart thing. Righteousness is internal. Joy is internal. Peace is internal. But you've got to have the Holy Ghost. 
Because it's the Holy Ghost that gives you the power you need to have dominion over yourself. But there's a second dimension of dominion. The Bible said you have dominion over the fish of the sea first and over the fowl of the air second. The understanding of this requires a little bit of Bible study. You kind of got to survey the entirety of Scripture. You've got to understand that God often speaks to us through pictures and symbols. That when we look into the text, we see so much of what was happening naturally or physically. It's actually a picture to us of a deeper, more real spiritual reality. For example, when Noah's on the ark, he sends out two birds. A raven and then a dove. Do you know why the raven never returned to the ark? Because it eats flesh. And the surface of those waters was littered with the carcass of dead animals. It had no reason to return because its life source was not in the ark. It feasted on the dead things in the world. But the dove would not do so. And so when he sends forth the dove and it finds no place, it comes back. Because its life source was in the ark. Which bird are you? Or we could go to Genesis chapter 15 when Abraham is sacrificing unto the Lord. He's in the middle of an experience with God. And what happens? The fowls of the air start swooping down and trying to interfere with his sacrifice. And he's got to fight the fowls of the air to make sure they don't disrupt his experience with God. You see, when the Bible speaks to us about having dominion over the fowls of the air, God is talking to us about having dominion over spiritual darkness, over demonic forces. We know what the Bible says. Paul says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Spiritual darkness and wickedness in high places. I, I, whether you realize it or not, we're in a fight. And we're not fighting against political leaders. We're not fighting against prime ministers and mayors and council men and council women. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. In fact, we got a little problem. We've got far too many Christians caught up in the political commentary. God called you to reach everybody. I don't care if they call themselves conservative, liberal, NDP, or whatever other party we got. But the spirit of the age comes to bring division. And the spirit of the age says cancel them. The spirit of the age says disqualify them. And what we've done is we've allowed ourselves to be seduced into an arena of warfare God didn't call us into. Because God said, you're not fighting flesh and blood. Your fight's not with the prime minister. Your fight's not with the mayor. Hey, you can have your opinion and use it all you want. But you make sure your opinion doesn't disqualify somebody's opportunity from hearing the gospel. 
Because before God said you could be blue or red or green or whatever color you want to be, God said you're identified as my child, as my family. And you got to make sure you don't take an identity on yourself that disqualifies you from walking in the identity God gave you. Because our fight is spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. We're warring against principalities and powers. That's why in Daniel chapter 10, when the angel comes to Daniel, this is what he says. I would have come sooner because on the first day you prayed, God heard. I don't know who in here is believing the lie that God hasn't heard your prayer, but I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. On the first day you prayed, God heard you. But when the angel showed up, he said, here's what happened. The prince of Persia, the spiritual prince presiding over the territory of Persia withstood me. There was a fight in the spirit that opposed your answer. See, there's prophecies on your life right now. There's prophecies on this church right now. God heard you pray. God's already sent your answer. But there's something in the spirit that opposes you. There's something in the spirit that opposes this church. There's something in the spirit that wars against that prophecy. It's because we're fighting principalities. We're fighting powers. You know why some of you come into this house? You feel the presence of God on Sunday. You feel victory and freedom on Sunday. But you get home and you fall into the same old funk that you've been living in year after year. It's because there's spiritual strongholds. And you come into this environment where there's freedom. But you're going back into another environment where you're battling spiritually. If I asked you right now, take me to an area of Mississauga where there's a lot of prostitution. I mean, that area is already coming in your mind. If I said, take me to the area of this city where I could get some drugs, it's already coming in your mind. If I said, take me to an area of this city that, that's stricken with poverty, I, you're already thinking of it. Because what you're doing and what we're all doing is identifying that by the natural symptom. When in reality... There's a spiritual stronghold presiding over that area, over those demographics that cause it to be defined as such. You see, the fight, my friend, is a spiritual fight. You've got to fight the fowls of the air. But before you can fight the fowls, you've got to conquer the fish. You've got to get dominion in your own life. You've got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And you've got to live full of the Holy Ghost. So you're not falling prey to temptation every time somebody texts you and you know you ought not to respond. You need dominion over yourself to make sure you're not giving in and watching things you know you shouldn't watch. Because every time you fall, you're losing that dominion. You're losing that authority. But dominion over the fish is necessary if you're going to have dominion over the fowls. 
I got more Bible if you want it. Matthew chapter 13. In the parable of the sower, Jesus says a sower goes out to sow. He takes no care or consideration for what soil it falls on. He just sows the seed everywhere he goes. I don't care if you're liberal. I don't care if you're conservative. I don't care if you're NDP, if you're black, if you're white, if you're, if you're Asian. I don't care if you're from Jamaica, if you're from Africa. I don't care if you speak Spanish or English. I don't care if you're rich or you're poor. I don't care how bad of sin you've done. I'm just going to throw seed. That's what the sower does. He just throws seed. But the Bible says that in one of those places, the fire the birds of the air come down and steal the seed even right now as I'm preaching to you the word of the Lord there's spiritual strongholds warring against your mind warring against your family trying to steal the seed from your heart you're thinking things like this Man, I wish I had the power to quit looking at pornography, but I've tried before. I wish I had the power to live with more joy, but I've tried before. And you're thinking of all the things you're wrestling with in your life, but it's followed immediately by doubt. I'll tell you why. Because there's a spiritual stronghold in this city. There's fowls flying through the air that God's calling us to pull down. You don't believe me? Skip ahead a few verses in Matthew chapter 13 when Jesus gives the interpretation of the parable. Earlier, he said it's the fowls that steal the seed. But when he gives the interpretation, he says it's the wicked one. It wasn't some passive bird. It was a picture to us that just as quickly as God sows the seed, there's spiritual powers and princes. There's demonic influence that would try to steal that seed to keep it from being buried where? In the deep. Because if that seed can break through the surface of your flesh and get planted in your heart, honey, anything's possible. I don't know what you have need of. What do you want God to do? Do you want God to take your pain away? Do you want God to free you of anxiety and depression? Do you need cancer to disappear? Hey, God can do any of it. But you've got to let the seed get through the surface and into the depth and the soil of your heart. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Lift up your voice. Come on, the Lord is ministering here right now. Come on, that's it. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You feel it naturally, but you don't respond naturally. You've got to pray. You've got to praise. You've got to worship. You've got to sing. That is our weapon. You've got to have dominion internally. You've got to have dominion over the fish of the sea because God wants to give you dominion over the fowls of the air. You get to the end of the story. Go all the way to Revelation chapter 18 when God is talking about the judgment of Babylon the Great. And he says, in that place, I'll cage up every foul spirit and every hated and unclean bird. Because the fowls are a symbol to us of spiritual darkness. And I tell you, there's spiritual darkness reigning in this city, seducing people, lying to people. In fact, well, I'll come back to that in a minute. Hold that thought. We'll be back there. But let me take you to the third dimension first. 
The third dimension. God said, I want to give you dominion over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing upon the earth. So the first dimension of dominion was over the fish of the sea. It was internal dominion. Dominion over your own heart because the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it but God? That's why God gives you himself by filling you with his spirit. So you have the dominion that's necessary. To advance to the second dimension of dominion, which is dominion over principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. Let me tell you how real this is. In fact, it was your pastor. Walked into a bar in Texas. The Lord woke Bishop White up in the middle of the night. Robbie Wade told me this story. The Lord woke Bishop White up in the middle of the night and said, Two of your young people are in a bar. Told him where. He got up, drove to that bar, walked in, called the two young men by name, and said, I'll see you at church in the morning. Walked out of the bar, and he said, I curse this place in the name of Jesus Christ. The next morning, one of the two showed up to church. The one who didn't is backslid today. The one who did, I I believe, is a preacher of the gospel. My memory's correct. But it was less than seven days later, that bar burned to the ground. I'm telling you, there's a dimension of dominion we can walk in. Where you can walk outside drug houses and say, I bind that spirit of addiction in this city. You can walk outside houses and neighborhoods of prostitution where you know those 16-year-old girls want free but can't get free, and you can lift up your hands over that place and say, I bind that spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command you to let these people free, and it actually happens. You know why? Because there's dominion when you've got the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I can feel the grievance and the anger of God against the wickedness in our world. I can feel his patience wearing thin with houses of ill repute and broken systems and broken people that are furthering agendas of wickedness in our world. And I'll tell you what's happening. God is raising up bodies of people and communities of faith who have regional dominion to cast those spirits out, to keep those fowls from tormenting lives because there are marriages that will be put back together. There are families that will be put back together. There are addicts that will be free and will be made whole. But here's what it's going to require somebody to enter into that dimension of dominion where they can deal with the fowls that are messing with people's experience with God. But you see, you can't catch a fish and you can't you can't catch the fowls of the air unless you've got tools. That's why they use nets to catch the fish and they had the snare for the fowler. You can't win this fight on your own. That's why some of you are struggling because you're trying over and over in your own strength. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God in your life to give you dominion over yourself and dominion over those spirits. 
You say, well, reading the Bible is boring. Reading the Bible is not boring once you get the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that the Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. And you start reading through Genesis, and you're thinking, well, the, the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air, that's, that's interesting. But when you get the Holy Ghost and God starts illuminating things to you, you see and understand in a new way. It's not boring anymore. See, you thought the Bible was boring. Honey, the Bible's not boring. You just need to read the Bible with the Holy Ghost. Because if you use the tools that are necessary to move from the first dimension to the second dimension, there's a third dimension where God says, I give you dominion over all the cattle. Now to you and I, city slickers, here in the great GDA, we're like cattle. But to them in that day, this is a sign of material wealth. That's why in Psalms 50, God says, why do you think I need you? I don't need, I don't need your sacrifice. God says, I don't need your bulls. I don't, I don't need that from you. Why? Because I own the cattle on a thousand hills. God says, why do you bring your sacrifice to me as if I need it? I already have more than you or I could ever need. See, there's a third dimension of dominion that you can get to where God starts supernaturally blessing your finances. You say, oh, is this prosperity? It's not prosperity gospel. You can't come up here and say, God, give me a Ferrari. When you walk out today, there's not going to be a Ferrari. Don't waste your time. Because he would tell Adam, after this, go work the field. See, the blessing of the third dimension doesn't dismiss you from the responsibility of work. But if you'll start working with the blessing of the third dimension, you'll enter into a supernatural blessing where my favor starts touching what you touch, where my blessing starts touching what you touch. There is a dominion you can have where unexplainable, supernatural, goodness of God kind of thing start happening in your finances. But let's just pause for a minute and go back to the first dimension. Because if you can't control your spending, if you can't control your credit card, if you can't steward yourself in your finances, you'll never get to the third dimension. But if you can get it right in the first dimension, then God will move you along till you enter into a place where God starts doing what only God can do. I want you to think about this. Cattle, they just graze in the wild. They find their water, they drink it. They find their grass, they eat it. It really requires very little. You don't have to catch them like a fish. You don't have to trap them like the fowls. You just have to steward them. See, when you get to the third dimension, God just starts channeling things through your hands. And all you have to do is steward it. I have a friend of mine, I won't tell you where he pastors, somewhere in North America. He gets a phone call, an elderly lady in his church. He said, Pastor, I just got a call from a lawyer, my nephew, who I've not talked to in 30 years, passed away. And the lawyer said, he's, he's left me everything. Apparently, he has a house in 
such and such a city. Would you be willing to drive me up there next week? She didn't even have a license. So we could see this. And he says, sure, they drive up there the next week. He said, when I put it in my GPS, I thought to myself, oh, that's a pretty nice area of the city. He said, as we pull into the subdivision, I start thinking to myself, wow, these are nice houses. Then I got to feeling bad that she's probably going to have to deal with selling this house and paying off the mortgage and all the hassle she's going to have to deal with as a 70-something-year-old lady. He said, as we walk through the front door, she looks at me. She says, Pastor, it's the craziest thing. The lawyer told me there's no mortgage. It's paid in full. This house is mine and all this stuff. And She said, Pastor, do you think that we could come back next week with some men from the church and you could help me start going through the house? He said, sure, we could do that. They come back the next week. He said, we're in this man's bedroom clearing out his stuff. And he said, this elderly lady goes to lift a bag that was in his closet. She couldn't lift it. She says, Pastor, could you, you come help me lift this? And I mean, this guy's a gym rat. He'd lift two of me. And he comes over. He said, I went to lift it. And I thought, what is that? He said, I pulled the top of the bag back. It was solid gold bars. Now, come on. I mean, if God wants to give you an inheritance in the bank, send it by e-transfer, that's good enough. But to me, it's just like God was saying something. I'm going to do this old school. Hear me. Over the next 12 months, they parted out those solid gold bars for over $250,000. And she sold the house for almost $700,000. She hadn't even talked to her nephew in 30 years. But his last message through the lawyer said, I watched how my aunt lived. And I thought if anybody deserved it, it was somebody like her. You know what that is? That's dominion in the third dimension. That's a lady who had an encounter with God and lived upright and lived pure and lived for God for a lot of years. And God said, I'm going to advance you from the first dimension to the second dimension. And then I'm going to take you from the second dimension to the third dimension. And I'm preaching to the extraordinary church today that God would like to graduate some of you from where you are to where you need to be in order for God to do what he wants to do through extraordinary church in this region. God would like to make some of you in here millionaires. Not just to have the nicest cars and not just to have the most beautiful house in the neighborhood. I was preaching at a church in, in Mississippi a couple years ago where I got to talk to a man. I heard the story about him, but I talked to him. They built a big, beautiful new building, seated several hundred people, multi-million dollar project. He walked in that place one day. He said, Pastor, how much do we have left owing on this building? I don't know what the number was, two point something, three point something million. The man pulled out his checkbook, wrote the check, and the debt was demolished, paid in full. 
Yeah, he could have built a bigger house. He could have bought a few more toys. He could have got another car and another garage. But you know what he did? He understood that the reason God took me to the third dimension of dominion was in order to work the field. And what God is calling extraordinary church to do in Mississauga in the greater Toronto area is going to require some people to step in to the third dimension of dominion. It might be the will of God for you to graduate from being the employee in that company to the owner of that company. Oh, so you have a hard time believing it. You know why? Because there's some fowls that are stealing the seed before you plant it in your heart. But I'm telling you today, God would like to take some of you beyond where you are to where he needs you to be. How do you think you're ever going to build education centers? I mean, I can think, I can see it now. Extraordinary Education Center. But you know what that takes? It takes some people who have their hands on multi-millions of dollars. It takes some people with influence, with city council and leaders to have properties rezoned and properties bought and sales turned down because God says, I'm reserving that for my people. So you've got to elevate your level of thinking because I'm prophesying to you today. God wants to take extraordinary church to the third dimension of dominion. God wants to give you dominion over the cattle. God wants to give you the financial dominion that's necessary to own property in this city, to build buildings in this city. Not just this, what is it, 26? 26 campuses? 36 campuses, my friend, that takes multi-tens of millions. But you know what? God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And I know, I know sometimes it's hard to see the cattle on a thousand hills when you've got your face buried in your hill. But if you'd back up a little bit and just survey the landscape, here's what you'd find out. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Our music can come. Didn't Paul say, God, God would supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. There's no lack in God. God will supply it. But you can't skip levels of dominion. You can't jump from one to three. It starts with dominion over self, and then dominion over spiritual darkness, until ultimately the fruit of your spiritual dominion is that God says, now I'm going to let you steward my cattle on a thousand hills. I've got more than you ever would need, but I'm going to start passing it through your hands, because what I've called you to do in this region is going to require extraordinary resources but as we well aware are aware of that we're in the presence of of an extraordinary God there's people in this house today your life's been changed by the power of his spirit the trajectory of your family has been changed by the power of Jesus Christ is anything too hard for God in fact I would submit to you the most difficult of the three dimensions is the first one Because he's already dealt with the enemy on the cross. 
And he already owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But that first dimension requires your active participation. It requires your complete surrender. But if you can work together with God and allow Him to bring dominion in your life, He'll move you from the first dimension to the second dimension. From the second dimension to the third dimension. And whatever you would have need of to further His kingdom in this region, God would say, here it is. But you see, remember a minute ago when I said, we'll come back to that? I'm coming back to that now. You get dominion by walking with God. The Bible says that the Lord comes to the garden in the cool of the day walking why do you think that is now I don't know but this is what I do know farmers work in the heat of the day not the cool of the day it's almost like the heat of the day has passed the time of work has passed now God comes to walk with Adam to say Let's take a look at what you've done. Let's talk together. Let's fellowship. I want to walk with you, Adam. But where is Adam? Hiding in the trees. You know why? Because fear lies to you about who God is. That's why some of you are wrestling with believing the Word of God. Because fear is whispering in your ear, telling you God wouldn't do that for you. God doesn't love you like that. That's what he was doing to Adam. Fear started lying. Adam, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you anymore. And fear brought shame, and shame brought hiding. And now when God comes to meet Adam, He's hiding himself in the trees. I ask you this. What animal finds rest in the trees? The fowls of the air. You see, Adam has tried to hide himself in an environment where spiritual darkness rules. He's hid from God and buried himself among the very strongholds, the lies, the deception, the fear, and the fight that the enemy will use to keep him bound. God says, Adam, where are you? This is where we've walked together before, and you're not here this time. My friend, God never asks a question because he doesn't know the answer. Every time the Lord would ask a question, it's an invitation to experience. He knew who the woman was who touched them that day. But when he said, who touched me? 
It caused that woman with the issue of blood to identify herself because it was an invitation to a greater experience. Adam, where are you? I want to walk with you. Adam, where are you? If you'll walk with me, there's some things I'll tell you. If you'll walk with me, there's some things I'll show you. There's some things I'll give you. Hear this, Galatians 5, 24 and 25. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. See, that's dominion in the first dimension. You've conquered yourself because you belong to the Lord. But notice verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Several years ago, while we were still in Halifax, we were in a season of fighting and advancement and growth. The Holy Ghost spoke to me through a vision in a prayer meeting. There was a wall, and I could see hands banging the wall, and it didn't budge. And then it was like the, the picture changed, and the, it was a landscape, and I could see this massive wall, and all I could see was feet marching around the wall. And God spoke to me and said, there's some walls you can knock down, but some walls you have to walk down. See, there's dominion you can have in God, but you've got to come out of hiding and you've got to walk with Him. Abraham! you lift up your eyes and start walking to a city that I will show you. Joshua! I'm with you just like I was with Moses. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread. Every place you can walk. And when you come to Jericho, the greatest stronghold in all the land. And you see walled cities and giants and armies that are too great. All you've got to do is walk. David, when you come to the valley of the shadow of death, don't stop. Just walking you want to know how you're going to overcome the fight in your life you just keep walking and when you walk in here Sunday after Sunday and you walk to men's meeting after men's meeting and women's meeting after women's meeting and zoom meeting after zoom meeting and fellowship after fellowship you just keep walking 
all of a sudden you realize the things I used to struggle with, I don't struggle anymore. And you're coming to Pastor Akil. You're saying, Pastor, I've not watched anything like that in a month. I've not done anything like that in a year. I've not drank in a week. I've not smoked anything in two months. Pastor, I'm doing better. You know why? Because you're purposed in your heart to just keep walking. And when you made up in your mind that you were going to come out of hiding and walk with God, God said, I have something I can give you. It's called my spirit. And when I fill you with my spirit, and when you live in the spirit, and you'll walk in the spirit, I'll take you from the first dimension to the third, second dimension, to the third dimension. Because it is God's desire to accomplish his will in this city. And despite what you do, God delights in taking people who are messed up and broken, who have nothing and come from nowhere, and forming them into his image and likeness. You think, oh, it's going to come from this business owner. It's going to come from, from that, that person. Or that. Hey, every now and then, God might send a little, a little food your way like that. But the overwhelming majority of the time, blessing of God flows into a church it's when the people of that house start walking in a measure of dominion that God can bless them stand together with me hear this Philippians 2 and 10 that at the name of Jesus the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven of things in earth and things under the earth it could also say this that at the name of Jesus everything will bow the fowls in the air the cattle of the earth and the fish of the sea because the name of Jesus brings dominion in three dimensions Woo. I don't know where each and every one of you are today but this is what I do know every single one of us finds ourselves someplace on the journey some of you in this house have maybe not repented of your sins maybe you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins you have to do that because it's what the word of God teaches us and it's how we get dominion internally when our sins are washed away we rise to walk in the newness of life we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us His power, His authority to have dominion in the first dimension so He can graduate us from the first to the second, the second to the third. If you're joining us online today, we want to thank you so much. We trust you'll take the next few moments wherever you are watching from to lift up your hands and have a time of prayer and allow the Spirit of
Jesus Christ to minister to you right where you are. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.